A Day with the King is a 3ABN Australia television production developed to lead children through a study of the Bible and to grow in their understanding and love for God. We invite you to download your weekly study guide at adaywiththeking.com. So come on kids, join us now and each week for A Day with the King. Hello, I'm Auntie Cecily. And I'm Auntie Nat. It's a blessing to have you back with us to be a part of our worship. Have you all had a good week? Yes. yes. Auntie Nat, how's your week been? Do you have a blessing to share with us? Yes, I would like to share a blessing. I want the girls and boys at home to know a bit more about Teddy. Teddy sits so quietly on this couch week in and week out, and we say hello to him every week. But God sent Teddy to us out of the blue. He was found on the side of the road, and we believe he was dumped, as some an other animals were found in the same place over several weeks. So God brought Teddy into our lives, I believe particularly for this program. He is such a good bunny. From day one, he has sat here quietly. He has never jumped off the couch. Yet if he sits on the couch at home, he jumps off straight away and runs around the lounge room. Teddy was an answer to Auntie Nat's prayers. God is so faithful. So I just wanted to share that blessing with you because I feel so blessed. Oh, yes, he certainly is a blessing. And I've really enjoyed becoming friends with Teddy. Joey, can you open our worship time with a prayer, please? Dear Father, thank you so much for the Sabbath day. Thank you for the many blessings you have sent us this past week. Thank you for sending Teddy to us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Would you like to know what our next key to the kingdom is? Yes. Let's ask Abby if she'd open our gift box and tell us what our key says. Witnessing. Ah, so witnessing's a gift that God offers to give us. And what's the text? 2 Corinthians 3.2. Thanks, Abby. Bryce, would you read that for us, please? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Thanks, Bryce. We're God's epistle or letter to the world, just like this letter in this envelope. And when we read a letter, we get information about things, don't we? Mm -hmm. Just like you can read a letter, our lives are read by everyone we come in contact with. And people will decide what God is like from how we act and the things we say. Jesus said in John 10:10 10, 10, that he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. Now, happy Christians are a good advertisement for Jesus, but unhappy Christians are not a very good advertisement at all. That makes being a Christian a very important responsibility to be happy and cooperative and patient and kind and caring for others. Our lives and how we behave and how we treat people and how we spend our time and money, even how we dress and present ourselves, all send a message to others as to whether or not it's worth following Jesus. Remember the wonderful miracle that happened to Naaman because of the witness of the little maid. Well, later on in our lesson with Auntie Nat, 
We're going to learn what happened to Jonah when he at first refused to witness for God. Is there some way, Bryce, in which you can show what Jesus is like? Do something nice for someone? Yes, Bryce, that's a nice way. And there are other ways to witness too, like singing to people about Jesus' love or even sharing one of our devotionals with a friend. These ways will always be more successful if our lives are happy and we're thoughtful and kind to others. So remember, you're always on show as a Christian and your witness is important in helping others find Jesus. So let's ask God to send us the gift of witnessing. Amen, Cecily. Thank you so much. Our key to the kingdom today gives us a lot to think about. We need to shine our light for Jesus so people can see him in us. We need to sing some songs about that. Thanks, Braden, for coming to help us do just that. Thanks, Sonny Nat. Hi, boys and girls. Let's sing We're a Band of Happy Children. Rise and shine, boys and girls. We certainly can. Rise and shine, boys and girls. Sing and smile and I have the joy. That's one of my favourites. Let's sing it together. I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Braden, we really enjoy your company and your music in our worship time. And we never get tired of Dr. John's stories, do we? <laughs> Let's go and see if he has another one for us. Hello, boys and girls. It's wonderful to be back together again. And I want to say hello to all the boys and girls around the world. I know that you watch today with the King. You know, I love the Bible. But there are some strange stories and there are many scientists who hate the Bible and they use one story in particular to say, ha ha, 
What a made-up story. It could never happen. It is the story of Jonah. Jonah, the son of Amittai, who was swallowed by a whale. And I have gone to a lot of trouble to research a story about a man called James Bartley, who was a crew member on a boat called the Star of the East. And I know that the boat left New Zealand in 1891 and sailed across the Pacific Ocean around the bottom of South America and was up near the Falkland Islands when they spotted a whale. Now in those days, you went hunting for a whale in a small boat and a big spear, and a whale is still the largest creature that God has ever made. They are huge. Look at all the men there. And they chased it in a boat. The boat was only half as long as the whale. And when they got close, they threw a spear into the whale and it dived right down. They can go down about a thousand meters. And then it came up. It's called sounding. He came up so fast. And as he came up, his tail hit the boat and the boat went up in the air and all the sailors inside went up in the air and one person went up just a little bit higher than the rest. And that was James Bartley. And as he was falling, he looked down and he saw, this would really be terrifying, a great big mouth just open up. And he fell in feet first. He felt himself being sucked into a big sack, like a bag. It was warm. It was very stinky and hot. The warmth went hotter and hotter. He felt some fish and he suddenly realized he had been swallowed by a whale. I couldn't imagine much worse than that. And all the men in the boat, they rowed back to the boat and they said, James Bartley is dead. He's been swallowed by the whale. Well, later that evening, a dead whale floated to the surface and they pulled it onto the boat and they started to cut it up. It's called flensing. And as they were cutting off the, the flesh because they used to use the oil to make uh, fuel. And as they cut it open, they got down to the stomach and they said, this might be the whale that swallowed James Bartley. So they got to the stomach and they carefully slid it open and out flopped James Bartley. He had been so terrorized by what was happening, he'd gone a little bit mad. And then he went unconscious and it took two weeks before he could even talk about it. He was just shaking and he recovered. He never looked the same again. They said some reports say that he went very pale in his skin. Others said his skin went rather yellow because the digest digestive juices in the well were starting to work on him. But, you know, it was a true story and I... I'm so glad that I finally, and it took a lot of research, I found a picture of James Bartley. He went back and he lived for another 29 years. You know what? He never, ever, ever 
went back in the ocean. He had had enough. He worked on the shore and there is a cemetery in Gloucester and he's buried there and it says, James Bartley, the man swallowed by a whale. And even though people will try to prove to you that it is impossible, whales can swallow a very big squid. It could never have happened. I believe it because Jonah, the son of Amittai in the Bible, was swallowed by a whale to teach him a lesson so he could work for God. And the Bible is true. I hope you don't learn a lesson like that, though. Thank you, boys and girls. Come in and join us for our Bible study. Don't forget to grab your Bible so you can follow along with us. Caleb, can you please say a prayer for us before we commence our study? Dear Father, thank you for the blessings you give us every day. Please let your love and light shine through us. Be with us as we read our Bibles. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Caleb. Now, Abby, what did we study about last Sabbath? Captain Naaman and his healing in, from leprosy. Yes, and who was the person who told him about Elisha? The little maid. The little maid. Yes, she showed great faith. Today, we're going to study about another prophet that was raised up to do a work for him. But first, let's have a look at what those kings were up to during this time. Now, last Sabbath, we found out that King Jehoahaz was a wicked king. He died and his son Jehoash, or Joash as he was known, came to the throne. Can you just show us that, Aunty Cecily? Okay, Aaron, can you please read 2 Kings 13, 10 to 11? In the 37th year of Joash, king of Judah, Jehoahaz, the son of Jehoahaz, became king over Israel in Samaria and reigned 16 years years and he did evil in the sight of the Lord and he did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat who made Israel sin but walked in them. Mm. So Jehoash was no better than his father even though Jehoash didn't follow the Lord when Elisha was sick he went to seek counsel from him regarding the king of Syria. Jehoash realized that Elisha had been such an asset to Israel but after 50 years of ministry, Elisha died. Caleb, can you read about that? Can you read 2 Kings 13, 20 to 21? Then Elisha died and they, buried, and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of, in the, spring of the year. <coughs> so, so it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha and where the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. Wow. So Elisha was so full of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he asked for a double portion that even his dead bones had power. When that dead body touched Elisha's bones, the man was resurrected to life. What a miracle. Okay, so King Jehoash, or Joash, died, and his son Jeroboam II came to the throne. And it was during this time that God called Jonah to the prophet. Can you just show us that on the, on the chart? There we go. So let's go over to the book of Jonah now. Bethany, can you please read Jonah 1 to 3? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry, cry out against it, 
for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Thanks, Bethany. So Jonah was asked to go and preach in the city of Nineveh. Let's look at our map here. Annie Cecily is holding it for us. So Nineveh is up here in Assyria, which is about 800 kilometers away, which is now modern day Iraq. We just read that the city was very wicked. But verse 3 tells us that Jonah, instead of obeying God, goes to the seaport at Joppa and takes the first ship sailing to Tarshish, which is way over here now in modern day Spain. Tarshish was five times the distance away from Nineveh where he was supposed to go. Let's see what happens. Abigail, can you please read Jonah 1, 4 to 5? But the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was on the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship. He had laid lain down and was fast asleep. So while all this was happening, Jonah was sleeping, but the captain finds him and tells him to start praying to his God to save them. The Bible tells us the crew found out that Jonah was the trouble for the storm. Let's see what they say to Jonah. Matthew, can you read Jonah 1, 11 to 12? Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that this sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more temperish. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this is this great tempest is because of me. Mm. So the crew didn't want to throw Jonah in the sea and they battled on for a while, but the sea got worse. They cried out to Jonah's God to forgive them for what they were going to do. Mia, can you read Jonah 1, 15 to 16? So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from his raging. Then the man... Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Wow. So when the crew saw how quickly the storm had calmed down, they believed in Jonah's God and worshipped him. So now Jonah's in the sea. Let's see what happens. Aunty Cecily, can you read Jonah 1, 17 and 2, 1? Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. Wow, what a miracle God performed to save Jonah. Now imagine you're in the stomach of a fish. It'd be very dark, smelly and probably very tight. There wouldn't be much room to move around. What do you think Jonah did in this situation? What do you think he did? Prayed. He prayed. And chapter 2 of Jonah records his prayer. Let's see what God does. Aaron, can you read Jonah 2.10? So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now we don't know where along the stretch of coast of Israel that the fish delivered Jonah to, but I imagine that once that happened that Jonah had a bit of time for rec recuperation after his ordeal. Okay, Caleb, can you please read Jonah 3, 1 to 2? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah at 
the sec the second time, saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message I t- I tell you." So God was not finished with Jonah; He was giving him a second chance. Do you think He was obedient this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we'll wait and see. Bethany, can you read Jonah three three to four? So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Oh, phew, finally. So Jonah finally went. Hooray! Nineveh was a very big and beautiful city, which took three days to travel through. God gave Jonah a message to warn Nineveh if they didn't repent of their wickedness in 40 days, the city would be destroyed. And guess what? The people and even the king believed the message and repented. Abigail, can you read Jonah 3.10? Then God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Mm. So because they repented... God decided not to destroy the city of Nineveh. Praise the Lord. But verse 1 of chapter 4 tells us that Jonah was not happy that Nineveh was spared. He was more worried about his reputation as a prophet. Let's have a look at our torchlight, Mrs. White's writings, to see what they shine on this verse. Matthew, can you read that for us? Confused, humiliated and unable to understand God's purpose in sparing Nineveh, Jonah nevertheless had fulfilled the commission given him to warn the great city. And though the event predicted did not come to pass, yet the message of warning was nonetheless from God and it accomplished the purpose God designed it should. Thanks, Matthew. So God was able to use Jonah despite his foibles or his personality and God's grace and mercy and love was able to be shone into the city in a faraway land that had no knowledge of the true and living God. Okay, let's have a look at the kings again from the northern kingdom of Israel. After Jeroboam II, there were six more kings that came to power and all six of them were evil. During that time, God sent two more prophets, Hosea and Amos, to warn the kingdom of Israel that what would happen if they continued in their idolatry. Mia, can you please read 2 Kings 17.6? In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away to Assyria and placed them in Hala and by the Habor, the river of and in the city of the Medes. So the northern kingdom of Israel now ceased to exist. After 200 years and 20 kings, the northern kingdom failed to remove idol worship completely from the kingdom. In the end, they chose not to repent and turn back to God. Let's have a look at a verse that God asks us to do. Let's have a look at our memory verse in Joshua 22, 5. And we're going to read that together. 
but, but take careful heed to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. What a sobering reminder for us. We can learn from Israel's experience. Thank you, boys and girls, for reading along with us. We have a devotional available that goes into more depth on what we studied today. Here's how you can get that. Hey, boys and girls, as Auntie Nat said, you can get your own devotionals. Yes, you can download them free from our website at adaywiththeking.com. And Anna, we can't forget to tell the kids to check out Teddy's blog. We have some behind the scene photos of filming the program. Yes, and we also have some photos of Teddy going on his annual visit to the vet. We love to hear where around the world you're watching the program from, so drop us a line and let us know. Get a pen and write down our email address now, dwk at 3abnaustralia.org.au. So, so hop online today. Thanks, Kate and Anna. Auntie Nat, what are we going to be studying next week? Yes, next Sabbath, we're going to have a closer look at some more of those kings, one of whom was very young. Come back next week to find out who that was. Auntie Cecily, should we go over our memory verse? Yes, let's say it all together. Joshua 22, 5. But that take careful heed to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. That's a powerful memory verse. But our worship time has gone by so quickly. And Bryce, what did you learn about the king today? That you can never run away from God. Oh, yes. Jonah tried to do that, didn't he? But God still reached his heart, even when he was in a fish's belly. God goes to amazing efforts to use us to share his love. I think it's time to sing our blessing song. What do you think, Aunty Cecily? Yes. Let's sing to the children at home. So turn around. May God. because he obeyed God and all the animals were saved in the ark. My favourite story in the Bible is about the 12 spies and how Caleb and Joshua stood up in front of everybody. My favourite story in the Bible is Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus because he's the saviour of the world. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Television. 
God bless you, kids, and remember to join us next week.